Hey everyone, it's Zach from the Ignite Your Fire podcast and Focus Results. And we're so excited today because we have a brand new podcast with an interview with Ian Campbell. He's an Ironman athlete and has an inspirational story that I think you will all love. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, it's Danny here with Focused Results, uh, chiming in to let you know about two awesome opportunities to practice yoga virtually. We know how difficult life is in this time, and so we want to support you with some meditation and some gentle movement. Um, so we practice every Wednesday evening at 5.45, and that is Central Standard Time. And then we practice every Saturday morning from 10.15 to 11.15. So both classes are an hour long. They're about $10 a piece. We're going to be shifting to outdoors soon, but please check in with us. You can visit the website, fitwithfr.com. Reach out to us on Facebook or any of our social media platforms, and we hope to practice with you soon. Namaste. Hello everyone, it's Danny. And it's Zach. And we have an awesome guest speaker, Ian Campbell. Um, so read a little bit of his bio. Ian, prior to working at RMI, he's held various positions with Johnson Controls. Most notably, he was responsible for the global energy solutions and the global workplace solutions businesses with the Building Efficiency Division. Um, it says here you've done just a ton of stuff and been super successful with these companies, which is absolutely amazing. You've done a lot with HVAC, refrigeration businesses, covering product development, engineering, manufacturing sales, um, and it goes on and on and on. And Ian has commenced his career in 1983 with York International in the UK. Johnson Controls acquired York International in 2005. So since then, you have retired and you are shifting now um, to compete in the Ironman World Championships as well as pursuing your passions for energy and environmental efforts. Ian, welcome. Thank yes. you so much for joining us. We can't wait to pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Zach. I'm uh, really excited to be here. And uh, yeah, thank you for uh, the introduction. I need to take you around with me. <laughs> <laughs> We're super grateful to have you on board with us today. Yeah. So, Ian, um, now that we know, like, we're all in this fitness world and we love health and wellness, so I'm just going to, like, dive right in. You do Ironmans. I'm so fascinated by this and would love to know what piqued your interest into this whole realm and, and your training progress and, and just all of it. Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. It's not a necessarily an easy one to answer because I don't think you suddenly wake up and think you want to do an Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if I think back to what was the catalyst for me, it was actually a family vacation uh, with my wife and my two daughters and we decided that we were going to go to Prune, we were going to do a little bit of the Inca Trail and that was back in 2008 and you know both my daughters were um, were high school, uh, high school swimmers were in great shape. My wife was in great shape uh, at the time. She, she uh, 
owned a fitness studio, and that's why I know where she first came into contact with, with Zach here. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of the corporate executive who didn't work out, didn't do anything, and I realized for the first time in my life that I couldn't keep pace with my family. And I was like 47 years old, and I yeah. thought, I'm too young for this time to <laughs> Um, and, and that was a catalyst. And as I said, you don't, I don't think you think about, at least in my journey, wasn't thinking about, hey, I want to do an Ironman. It was like, I, I want to get fit so that I can do activities with my family that as I get older, that, you know, I would enjoy to do. Um, and, you know, my, my first, um, you know, goal was literally to run around the block. I would run for like 300 yards and be exhausted. You know, it's like yeah. I was going to have a cardio, cardio <laughs> breakdown. And I'd have to walk for 100 yards and then go another maybe 200 yards. And then I finally got to run around the block. And, and then I did a 5K. And, yeah. uh, and it kind of started from there. And it's just the goals kept getting bigger as I, as I went through the journey. Nice. So, like, Ian, obviously, um, you're very busy um, with the, you know, some of the work that we just talked about you doing. Um, how did that play a role in getting started? Did you have to set apart time when you first started to be able to start your workout journey, or how did that all go for you? So, uh, it really started, the only time, well, when I started to be able to get into a routine, yeah. So I think when you first start, you try and find time, um, and then you figure out that finding time isn't the way to do it. You have to make the time and plan for the uh, for the time to do it. And I shifted my day. So yeah. instead of uh, staying up late in the evening, um, retire early, get up early, and do my workout in the morning before the working day starts, when you're actually fresher. Yeah. Um, and I found it easier to, you know, as the day goes on, your plans of what you're going to do in the evening could get completely screwed up. And first thing in the morning is down to you of, you know, are you going to get out of bed? Are you going to get to the gym? Are you going to get to wherever you're going to go to to do your workout before the, the, the day starts? And, and, and that's what enabled, I think, me to be able to get into a routine and get enough training so I could continue, I should A, get fit so I could do vacations with the family again, um, but also have the, um, you know, the opportunity to be able to develop my fitness to be able to do racing, which by that time I was really starting to enjoy. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you struggle with it at all at the beginning when you were first getting started or uh, because of like your, your personality and commitment level, were you able just to kind of hit the ground running, so to speak? Uh, so it was a struggle, um, and I'm not going to say it wasn't because when I first started kind of getting my fitness level up, that would have been uh, 2008, and I was still working for a large corporation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was probably doing 60, 70% of the time I was traveling. And so you're trying to find ways to be able to fit your workout in. And um, the the hardest to do, I mean, running for me was always relatively easy. You can always find a way to run, um, but, and you can always find a way to do workouts in your room. Um, and so I would do simple exercises in the room to maintain fitness levels. The hardest things to fit in are swimming and biking. 
certainly when I started getting on a triathlon journey, um, you know, you start looking at hotels that do they have a swimming pool? What's their gym like? <laughs> can you look at pictures of the gym? Is there a picture of some spin bikes in the right. gym that you can actually use? So you, 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 you kind of have to plan it and be, um, as my wife says, maybe be a little obsessive about it and you can find a way. Yeah. Now, how early are we talking? <laughs> like, and I, I'm curious because I'm sure there's a lot of other humans that would resonate with my experience, which is I I have these awesome dreams, Ian. Like, I want to be more um, focused and dedicated to a morning routine. But by the time I wake up, I'm just like, oh, one more hour, just staying in bed, you you win. <laughs> so like, were you already in kind of a, a wavelength of waking up early or was that a switch for you? And like, you know, however early you wake up in the morning. And if so, how do you stay dedicated to that morning practice? If, if you can recall, like, especially in the beginning of it, because it's so, it's so alluring to just in bed. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. Um, so, let, let me tell you with kind of what I do now, and then I'll go back to how I got to this. I mean, typically now, I would do my first workout about six in the morning. Um, so, that would typically, um, typically be a swim, and then I would normally do something after the swim, uh, whether that's a gym workout, whether that's a bike, whether that's a, a run. Um, and by probably by about eight thirty, I'm I'm done, and I'm yeah. sitting down somewhere eating a breakfast sandwich, uh, yeah. getting my first cup of coffee, and feeling really good. And you know, working day starts. Um, it, it kind of wasn't always that organized, um, and I'm in a position now where I think I have more control of being able to organize my day. Um, but when I think of when I first started, it was, you know, I'd have my plans of what I was looking to do, but those plans would have to flex, but I would always try and find a way to get the same volume in, even though it may be different exercising to what I had originally planned to do, and it was at a different time to what I originally planned to do. And, you know, I've, I've done all sorts of strange things to go find a workout somewhere. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, where, where are we at there? Where, what, next, what's very safe? Next podcast. <laughs> um, Milwaukee, and we had a, I was with Johnson Controls at the time, we had a big um, event we were doing um, that day, and I had to stay overnight in, uh, in Milwaukee, and there was a follow-up event the next day. And I was due to get a long run in, and the long run, I think, was like 15 miles, but the temperature outside, I think it was below zero. Well, there's the, uh, a big ice rink just outside Milwaukee, and there's a run track that goes around it, um, and so I went to this place, and it's like a 600-meter loop or something like that around this uh, ice skating rink. And I literally did the laps and got my 15-mile <laughs> run in that evening, uh, you know, in, kind of in between the, the two events that were going on. So, yeah, you, you find a way to do things. You know, I, I swam in a in place in China, and, you know, I thought I was swimming in a swimming pool, and it was like a pond with 
bit of fountain in the middle of it. Someone <laughs> told me afterwards, you can't swim. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah, all sorts of fun stories. So your dedication, because that is very obvious to pick up on, and it's it's by far commendable, um, if not inspiring. What what motivates you? Like, what's your fire? Ignite your fire. (laughs) Like, how? What keeps you going? Is and you know, from the beginning to now, like, how did you stay so dedicated to this practice? Yeah, I. Again, a great question, Um, and I'm not sure I was there on day one. Day one, my motivation was to get fit, and it was kind of a commitment to my family uh, to do that. Um, But then the competitive side of me kind of came out, and it was like, it was never, it was never enough, right? It was all, I always needed to feel like I needed to go further, to test myself further, to do something that was more challenging. Um, And even today, I, I train differently if I am training to compete somewhere because I have a goal and you know when I'm training I'm visualizing me achieving that goal of what it is I want to I want to do whether that's I'm trying to qualify for the triathlon world championships I'm trying to get a certain time on a run race whatever that is those things are in my mind and it's always in my mind as well you know, that person who's looking for the same thing as me might be working harder than me. <laughs> and how do I feel about that? <laughs> that's a competitive spirit. Yeah. I'm the one that's working hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're constantly, you know, obviously finishing in the top, if not the top in your age bracket, which is just so awesome. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes uh, I would imagine you have to give yourself a little self-talk sometimes. <laughs> Do you have a, a mantra that, especially in the beginning, that worked for you? Did you say, like, get your butt out of bed and get going? Or anything that you've kind of um, looked at as helping to motivate you just from, a, um, you know, something that you say to yourself? Yeah. So, um, and I, I don't know if this is a, a mantra, but I have never done a workout that I regretted doing mm-hmm. and I have never and every time I end up for whatever reason not doing a workout I regret it. I, I feel like I've missed something uh-huh. and I, I don't like that feeling yeah. I, I don't like that feeling I mean sometimes it's hard you know and um, you know and you, you really don't want to do it but I know that I, I, that will pay me that evening if I choose the easy path. Um, and when I go out and do it, it's like, you know, you get warmed up, you're five minutes in, you're into your rhythm of doing what it is, and it's the fun, it, it is fun. I, I enjoy I enjoy training. Um, the first five minutes is always hard, and you know, the hardest part is stepping across the threshold of your door and going out there and doing what it is you're gonna go do. And then the, that first five minutes when you're warming up and your cardio system's getting going and it's kind of uncomfortable. But then once you get through there, that's where you find the, the joy of exercise. That's great. That, like, that was a fantastic answer. <laughs> I got chills. Yeah. 
because you're so right and even with practicing yoga that's been like a constant thing that the the practice is here to support you no matter what you're going through in life whether it's your your physical journey or your mental journey outside of that and and the idea is that you always show up no matter what's going on with you if you feel like it if you don't feel like it if you're really against it you show up that's your practice and I just love how you said all of that um, especially to know that you, know, you just got to get past that threshold that, and especially you've never regretted a workout. You've regretted when you miss a workout that I think is going to resonate with a lot of people for yeah. sure. I think that's so true too. I think we can all resonate with that because there is that little bit of missed, um, feeling like you missed out on something or I didn't accomplish a daily you know goal that I had, even if it's the smallest goal, like we always talk about yeah. If you can give five minutes, give five minutes, but you know, you don't have to be an Iron Man like Ian, but right away, but like you started saying being this running 300 yards was your first initial challenge. And that's, I think, huge for people to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Ian, to kind of transition a little bit, because, you know, obviously we, we've talked about a lot of your successes. Um, can you tell us uh, about like a time where, uh, like, can you tell us about an injury? Cause I know like you've had to work through a lot too. It's not always been like easy for you. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about a story of, of like kind of how you've had to come back from something? Yeah. So I'm going to few this. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I know, I know this Ian. This is why I. <laughs> He's opening the yeah. door. <laughs> let, let me tell you what I don't think you do know. Uh, okay. Which was, when I first started, you know, working out, and, um, you know, one, one of the things, if I kind of reflect back, I stopped doing sports in school at 15. Yeah. And the reason I stopped was I had a bad ACL tear uh, playing rugby, and, um, and it never properly healed. And in those days in the UK, they didn't do surgery to ACLs. So it was just something you had to put up with. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I found it very difficult to get back to sports and actually did. So, you know, I kind of did nothing from a sport, very little from an exercise perspective between the age of like 15 and 47. And then, you know, I started working out and uh, my wife, Eugenia, persuaded me to go do a 5K and I had a blast doing it. And I was just in Lake Bluff. And, uh, and then just started to build things and I did my first half marathon. And I had this real problems in my knee, which actually was um, the same knee that I had the ACL tear years ago. And I went to see someone, and they actually said to me, um, you know, you'd probably run the furthest distance you're ever going to run. Wow. Um, this is, you know, I can still see the result of the damage to your ACL. And it was like, hell no. <laughs> and... Um, you know, one of the things which I, I, I found remarkable in the journey is the more training you do, the more structured exercise you do, the better you build your muscular system, which takes the strain off of everything else, and the less likely you are to get injured. Mm -hmm. And it's actually very rare now that I get injured unless I perhaps some of the other stories I do something stupid on a bike and come off and get damage or what yeah. have you um, but those little niggles from working out as you're as you develop your muscular system um, you're protecting your joints you're protecting your ligaments and you're it's just my experience you're less likely to get 
less likely to get damage. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of times that people kind of uh, limit themselves automatically, and then I think your brain starts to shut down certain areas and doesn't allow your body to heal or achieve. I mean, a human body is an amazing thing at being able to get through some things. And I think sometimes our psychological takes over, and then we kind of talk ourselves into not doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's really important for people to kind of know. Yeah, I mean, the the other one which you you know about was... uh... I was coming off a hard Ironman event and I was due to go and get a bike ride. So I was just going to swim and then get a bike ride in. The weather was kind of cold or colder than expected. Yeah. And uh, so I went on a spin bike and, you know, because it was a shorter workout than what I was planning, I decided I was going to push really hard. And, and that's actually one of the dangers of something like Ironman is you do that kind of distance and you become more tolerant of pain. Yeah. Um, and so you, you know, you get to a position which is quite dangerous where you can stop listening to your body. And um, the last thing I remember on this spin bike was, you know, hey, why, why is my vision going very narrow and tunneled? And, you know, I woke up three days later in intensive care with uh, a, a head and a brain injury because I'd come off the spin bike and hit a corner, my head had hit a corner of a uh, uh, electrical box. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously uh, heavily concussed and what have you, and I was out of it for like three days. Yeah. Um, but, and, and that, after that, um, I started listening to my body again. And <laughs> balance, uh, as associated with the training that I do. Um, but I also had the best races that I ever had uh, wow. the year after that because, you know, you, you get motivated to get back. Yeah. I was gonna say, like after that, did they did they also tell you the doctor would say any restrictions whatsoever, or did they kind of say as you feel good, go for it? Uh, no, I mean I was having arguments with one of the doctors in the hospital who said, uh, you know, kind of similar to the yeah. ACL thing of, you know, you may have done your last Ironman or marathon because wow. you know we're really concerned about what caused you to pass out and um, you know what could that could mean for your ability to be able to compete in the future. Hmm. I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't accept. I bet you didn't. Get, <laughs> knowing you, I bet you didn't accept that too well. And you just said, "All right, whatever. I'm going to do it anyway." <laughs> yeah. So, Ian, that that's absolutely remarkable. Um, and hats off to you for making such a fantastic comeback. Like, if that's not motivation, I don't know what it is, right? Um, that being said, throughout your journey, like from the moment that you started this, because I know your intentions were different. Like first it was for your family and for your health. And over time, it's like you built that confidence in your ability to, to really succeed with fitness. Um, and I'm just curious, like, because I would imagine you like, were there any days throughout your journey from the beginning to it to now where you did miss a workout? Or, you know, am I mistaken? And you just hit every single day, even if it was, like, late at night. I know you said you had to shuffle the time around a bit. But did you ever have those moments where you did, like, miss a workout? And, and if so, how how did that affect you? Uh, so I think uh, my wife would say that I'm pretty miserable if I'm you know, it, it, it's, it's just become a part of my routine. I, I actually, uh, you know, I 
generally don't do rest days. Um, and one of my hardest things to do is when I'm tapering for a race and kind of the, the intensity of workouts is going down, um, you know, because the whole thing can turn into a lifestyle. And mm -hmm. the, the lifestyle impact that it had on me was, you know, I cleaned up nutrition, um, but I also enjoy eating. And with the workouts I do, I get to be able to <laughs> eat the food, a lot of food that I like that's good for me um, and not put on weight. And, um, you know, so I have a kind of this, you, you, you get to a balance and an equilibrium and if something knocks you off, yeah, I get pretty frustrated yeah. um, when I can't find, uh, when I can't find a way to work out. And, but that's something for me that built over time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't say in, you know, when I first started that I, you know, I was maybe only working out maybe three times a week Yeah. Um, when I first started. Um, and, you know, we'd go heavy on the weekends if I was going to go heavy with anything. Um, and then, you know, as kind of your lifestyle evolves and changes, had had opportunity to, to build that up more over the years and, and certainly when I made the decision to move on from the corporate world and go work for a non-profit and actually spend some time kind of giving back because um, I felt I'd been doing a lot of time <laughs> in, as, a, as a corporate exec, um, it, uh, it gave me the freedom to be able to do what I wanted to do. So, you know, when I first started doing Ironman training, which was probably 2012, um, I I would have a goal of trying to get in, you know, maybe 11, 12 hours of training a week. Mm -hmm. um, when I train for an Ironman now, I'm probably doing 22 hours of training a week. And it's, it's obviously harder to do 22 than yeah. 12, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, 12 is enough to do an Ironman. In fact, um, you know, I, I write training plans for my daughters for things that they do now. And, um, you know, for a full Ironman, 10, 11 hours a week, you'll be able to do an Ironman. Yeah. Um, you, you're not going to be the first person to cross the line. Um, but for most people that do the event, and for me it was the same the first time, you want to go do it and experience it and see what it's like. and you know, realize that these people aren't all superhuman and, you know, you, you can have an opportunity. It's, it's actually something that's accessible to, to so many people. Uh, and I think people get concerned about, you know, the distance and what's involved and maybe hearing about people like me talking about 22 hours of training. I, I do 22 hours of training because I want to compete to win. Right. Um, to compete, to finish, um, you, you you don't need to do more than 10 or 11 hours to be able to do that yeah. and pace yourself properly. Well, and one thing that struck me that when you were talking before is about now um, or that you didn't listen to your body after the one the one uh, workout uh, or the one uh, Ironman at Kona. And so have you changed now where you listen to your body yet? How do you do that? Like what signs do you see from your body? I'm sure you're kind of hyper aware of when you're off or when you're on. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do listen to my body, and it's you know you kind of learn that there's some things that 
the way you feel it, that's something that if you kind of run a little bit further, you should be able to run through it. It's just a niggle that came up and it will go. Um, and some things, it's time to stop, turn around, and walk home. And you, you, you kind of get to learn that. Um, and, you know, it's, I guess the distinction that I would make is if you, if you feel something and it's a pain, if you feel faint, um, if you feel uncomfortable with your heartbeat, um, then slow down, um, walk, uh, don't push through it. Um, if you've got a little tweak in your ankle, you know, like you, you've rolled your ankle, you rolled your ankle or something, that's something you can you can run through. But there's certain things, if it's cardio related, um, if it's cognitive, in other words, you know, you're, you're feeling a, a little strange, or you've got a sharp pain that suddenly starts, it's time to, it's time to stop and, um, and listen to your body. And so psychologically, are you, are you good with that now when you have like something that is a sharp pain or something? Can you, like, is it okay for you to walk home or are you still kind of pissed when you are on your way home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it, 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 you know, it doesn't happen so often for me now, but yeah. it, it still happens. And, sure. You know, I've been out on a cold day and, uh, you know, something's come up and I'm five five miles from home and I'm walking back five miles in the cold yeah. in a t-shirt and shorts and it's not it's, it's Hey, uh, where's the family uh, in that situation, Ian? Yeah, I, I probably should take my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you draw on a very important aspect of fitness, though. Um you know, it's like a lot of people, especially in Western society, they romanticize it and they build it up to be this, uh, this like accessory, like, oh, look what I can do, look what I competed in and so on and so forth. But what I think you're really touching on that is so fantastic is that to really succeed in the fitness world, which, which is so fantastic, like humans are capable of extraordinary things, um, but how important it is to develop cultivate, nurture a connection with yourself and learn to, to be respectful of that communication between your body and your mind. And, and as you said, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It's, you know, you're going to be humbled. It's going to check you again if you injure yourself or whatnot. It's just this, this place where you always have to come back to nurturing that conversation between your body and your mind. And I, that's just so important. Yeah, it is, and it's it's interesting how that evolves because I think initially your body is stronger than your mind for mm. a lot of people. Yeah, um, and then as you, the more you do, the stronger your mind becomes. And I'm a firm believer that ultimately the mind becomes stronger than the body. Um, and and but you need to respect that balance between the two because once the mind. Over, starts overruling the body is is when you can get yourself into a, into a bad place. Absolutely, yeah. and to just like draw from that again, it's like I got chills. Yeah. You're speaking wisdom, man. <laughs> like what that said, I think it even goes for 
especially people who struggle with mental illness, be it depression or anxiety, um, X, Y, and Z, right? Fill in the blank. It's like our mind is so powerful in keeping us complacent and almost stuck. And, and that's, I think, where a lot of us fall into a rut, where we have those ambitions, but then we try for a day or two and we mess up and then we, we beat ourselves up yep, for not sticking to it. Um, but yeah. to hear what you just said, that when you, when you keep going, your body, yeah. you know, that balance starts to shift. When your body is stronger, you know, then all of a sudden your mind starts to yeah. adapt and respond to that physical activity. Yeah, yeah and I mean, one thing I, I, I would emphasize um, is that, and we kind of spoke about, you know, not feeling great if I miss a workout. Um, never try and catch up. Mm. You yeah. know, if you missed it, you missed it. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Get refocused. And when you're ready, you know, do the next day. Um, you, you, you can't catch up on these things. And that's kind of, is how, if by trying to do that, is Obviously, you're really busy, um, and I, I know how much your family means to you. I mean, I've gotten to know Ian uh, for the, a number of years, and I know how much your family means to you. Um, and obviously, fitness takes a huge part of it, but one of the main things I hear as a, as a trainer is a lot of times, like, I just don't have time to do anything. You know, I, I, like I, I, you know I'm grasping just to get 10 minutes of myself, so I don't know how I'm going to ever get a workout. Um, how do you how do you keep that balance? Because you're as busy as they come. So how do you keep that balance where you you keep the great family life going, but you're also being super successful in the sport that you love? Yeah, um, it's, you, you have to you have to work it, and you plan and you prioritize for the things that that are. So um, you know, for for me, as you say, Zach, it's you know I enjoy doing endurance sports and I, I get a buzz out of that. I enjoy the work that I do and I enjoy my family. Um, and it means there's not a lot, you know, you have, you have choices of what you, what you, what's important and what you're going to focus your time on. Yes. Um, you know, and I've got really fast, <laughs> I make this joke to my family, I've got really fast at doing transitions and I don't mean doing transitions of swim, bike, run. I mean transitions of Workout meetings, spend time with the family, check in with the with our daughters, and, and yeah. make sure that these things are there. Make sure I've got time for um, you know for my wife on the evenings, and, uh, and 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 so you you prioritize, and that means that there's things that have to go. Um, the the things that for me when was uh, you know I would almost say a lot of it was junk time. Yeah, you know of you know, watching something on TV that you're not particularly interested in watching. You know, doom scrolling as so many people do. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's in the news and what's happening on COVID and yeah, uh, and all of this stuff. And you, you know, it's. I, I think when you start to look, and you know, I'd encourage listeners to to do this. You know, if you think you don't have time, write down. <laughs> 
spending the 24 hours a day that we've been given and, and how do you spend that 24 hours a day and then see if you have time yeah. because it's you know and, and if we all and, and part of it the criticism of anyone, we're all in a routine of this is what we're doing and we're not being reflective about what we're doing and saying, I want to do something else, so therefore, what gives? And, you know, you don't want people to give up on family time. You don't want people to, you know, give up and compromise on, uh, on, their, on their careers and what have you. Um, but, but look at how your day is structured. And, you know, I'd be staggered if the average person can't find an hour in there to look after themselves and their body. For sure. That's great. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Start writing it down now, Danny. Start writing it down. <laughs> that is honestly fantastic advice. Um, thank you, Ian. Thank you for shining light on that because I think it's really easy for us to make all of the excuses in the world and to some degree self-sabotage. It's like a, a, it's easier for us. That way, if we don't succeed, yeah. we have a reason for it. Oh, well, I was busy. And yeah. to take that humble approach to really self-reflect and like no judgment, just tap into it and observe what you're doing, as you said, with your 24 hours um, and, and making that shift to waking up earlier as opposed to staying up later to try to get things done and yeah. how just those little shifts can change so much for you. And, and yeah. I like that because yeah. then your evening can be a little bit looser and a little bit more flexible with plans changing, but to give yourself that morning time to find whatever practice is going to resonate with you. Yeah. yeah, and it becomes self-supporting in a way because what happens is as you get into a routine of working out, you get more energy. Mm. And so your capacity to do things increases. Yeah. Um, which, which kind of gives you more time uh, because you're able to get through a lot of the things that you're doing faster. Um, you know, and you're, you're, you just have the, the wellness that comes and the increased energy that comes from having a healthy and a fit body because you're giving yourself time. I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's all go out right now for a run. <laughs> I'm so motivated. I'm going to go run around the block. <laughs> uh, well, Ian, uh, we can't thank you enough for just taking the time to spend with us today. Um, it was really amazing. I think eye-opening is, is a small way of putting it. Um, Absolutely. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to really value kind of the things that you had to say, and, uh, and hopefully it motivates them in, in the right direction a little bit. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed talking to you both. This has been uh, this has been fun. I'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. We <laughs> we'll have to have a part two where Ian tells us all the crazy things that he's done yeah, to the, stay with his practice. All the crazy places <laughs> that you swim, all the <laughs> fountains where oh, there's yeah. no swimming signs yeah. posted. Actually, there's one other one I did, which I'm gonna. And I know your listeners will enjoy this. Um, <laughs> was, uh, I, I actually swam in a lake in Florida. Because uh, I needed to get my training in. As I got out, there was a sign saying no swimming uh, because of uh, because of crocod because of alligators. Uh, <laughs> alligators are present. No swimming. <laughs> Do you continue to just trust fate blindly and jump into the nearest body of water, or have you changed things up and now look for posted signage? <laughs> <laughs> After that, I look for signage. <laughs> 
Okay, good, good, good. We want you to be safe, Ian. Yeah. Adrenaline junkie. Over yeah, absolutely. Here. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much you for so sharing much. this time with us. We really appreciate just everything that you've shared. It's been very inspiring. Thank you. Oh, no, it's been, it's been fun. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, and thank you, listeners, for joining us on today's uh, version of Ignite Your Fire podcast. Uh, you can always look to our website for more information at fitwithfr.com or visit our Facebook, uh, Instagram pages, um, anything where you can get information. We are there. We even have TikTok now as our latest thing. So, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Some craziness <laughs> happening out there. So thank, you. <laughs> so, thank you for listening, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next time. And if you would like to learn more about Ian and what he's doing, you can check out the website rmi.org. Thank you again, Ian. It has Thank been you. an absolute pleasure. We are all looking forward to igniting our fires. Yes. So hang in there, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Namaste. Thank you so much.